Okay, so we've spoken about the events leading up to Mashiach. We've spoken about Gagumagai, the worlds, what will the world is going to go through, and what will bring people to the realization that Akadosh Baruch is in control, and therefore they'll be right if read Mashiach. We've spoken about the concepts of the two Mashiachs, Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. Now let's talk about what's going to happen when Mashiach comes. So we know what's going to happen because of the second us. We know there's going to be Kibbutz Kodius. We know that all the exiles are going to be returned to Eretz Yisrael. The Pasuk says this clearly. Hashem will go and bring you together and gather you in from all the nations where you've been. The Pasuk of the Navi also. They're going to bring your brother Sky Israel from all the distant islands, from all the far flung countries. will be brought back there to Israel as well. Yes, this is a process which will start before Mashiach, like the Apostle says and like the Zara explains. And really, it's a process we've already been seeing in, in the last tens of years. When, when you, whereas Eretz Israel used to be a wasteland with a very small, nearly insignificant Jewish population. As we get closer to Mashiach, the population of Israel grows and grows. And the amount of Eden who come back become more and more. So the process of Kibbutz Galias has begun. The question only is, how is Hashem going to bring about Kibbutz Galias? And here's a Machlagis in the Gemara, the only Machlagis about Mashiach. And that is the nature of the events which are going to take place in the time of Mashiach, how they're going to be. They could be miraculous. It could be that the people will be picked up by the winds of the Shemayim and brought to Eretz Yisrael in a miraculous fashion, carried literally on wings of eagles. Or it could be a system which is not miraculous, but will achieve the same result. There are enough aircraft in the world today that could transport thousands and thousands of Jews to Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, yes, there's going to be Kibbutz Godis. But what's the way Kibbutz Godis is going to come about? Is it going to come about miraculously? Was it going to come about through means which shall make sense? Through means which are available to us today. Similarly, we know when the time of Mashiach comes, there will be no hunger, no poverty, no wants. Is that going to be something miraculous? Or is it going to be something natural? We know that the Goyim are going to be working on behalf of the Jewish people. The Zarim, the Nunjus will be your shepherds, and those attend your vineyards. This could be a natural occurrence. Just like today, most of the manpower in the world is coming from underdeveloped countries, We're working on behalf of the superpowers. So if Israel are going to be the financial hub of the world, the superpower of the time, then all these various countries will be working for them. Or it could be something miraculous. Similarly, when the Pasuk says that in the future the trees of Eretz Yisrael will produce bread, not even bread, cakes, glasgoyes, and clay milas, and clothing, does that mean literally? Literally, there will be a miracle that trees will start to produce bread? Was it trying to say that the, the amount of bread will be widespread as if it's been produced by trees? This is something which the Ramah already Paskins like one opinion in the Gemara, and that is that we don't necessarily have to understand these things will take place in a miraculous fashion. It could be a natural means which Hashem will bring about the same results. 
Does it have to be like that? Maybe not. There's a Machlokas Rav and Shmuel in this. And that is in the Oath of Lava when Mashiach comes. Things continue to work within a natural framework. Yes, all the prophecies will be fulfilled. Yes, Kaishra will be the superpower. We'll all be returned there to Israel. We'll have long lives of, with no physical limitations, with no privation, with no want. But it could be all that will happen within the physical setting we're aware of. Or it could be these things will happen miraculously. Similarly, when the Gemara says about the yeshivas and the shuls of Babel that will be moved to Eretz Yisrael, does that mean miraculously that the building will take flight and land in Eretz Yisrael? Or does that mean that this yeshiva will relocate itself to Eretz Yisrael? Here also, it could be explained in two ways. So that's the first thing we know will happen post Mashiach. Kaisha will be gathered together in Eretz Yisrael. Kaisha will be a power and not subjugated by any other nation. On the contrary, the fact that the other nations will be there to service and provide the needs of the Jewish people, which will free the Jewish people to focus solely on Torah and Avodah Hashem. The next day we know about Mashiach, the rebuilding of the base of Mikdash. This is clearly foretold. And the Nabi Yechesko even describes in detail what the third base of will look like. But here also we have the question, how is this going to happen? Is this going to be miraculous? That the third base of Mikdash will descend from heaven already built? Or is it going to be something that we're going to have to build? based on the blueprint, on the outline which is given to us by the Nevi. And you also have different Chazals. We have Chazals that say that the Besamish will be Yoret, Bonni, Meshuchah, Menashemayim. On the one hand, the Besamish will be fully built and descend from the heavens. But there's also Gemara's which talk about the builders, the four Harashim, the four craftsmen who are meant to build the Besamish. So here also, the fact that there will be a base in Mikdash, and it will be a place for us to do our Voidah, and it will be a base in Mikdash where the Shekhinah will come down, we'll have the Aran HaKodesh, the Orim Betumim, we'll be able to get Kapara for all what we've done wrong. That will happen. Exactly the way it's going to come about, miraculous or not, that seems to be not clear from Chazam. There could be two options. There's a very famous answer to the question, by the way. This is an aside of will the Besamidash be built by Hashem or built by us? And really, it's the words we say in the Musaf of the Yom Tovim. And we say, Hashem, show us it's being built and be us. In other words, gladden us in Tikkunai, in perfecting it. The Besamidash will descend built from Shemai. But there will be the finishing touches which we will have to provide over here. And if you ask him to show us it's being built, that will be shown to us. But be misamech us, gladden us with the ability to finish the tikkun, the completion. And if you're going to ask the question, if Hashem is already building the base of Mikdash, why does it need us to finish it? Why does it need us to complete the job? And the answer is, it definitely does not need us to complete the job. If Hashem wants the base of Mikdash to come perfect, fully completed from Shemayim it could. But by the same token, if Hashem wanted the human being to be born in the stage of perfection, he could be. The famous Gemara with Tanis Rufus also be a given. 
What's more perfect? What's more perfect? The maism of the human being or the maism of Hashem? What he meant to say is that the human body is created by Hashem, it's perfect. Why do you have to give a child a breast? Do you think you're perfecting what Hashem has created? And Rebekah's answer to him was to bring out wheat stalks and cakes. And say, which is more tasty? What Hashem produces, which is the wheat, or what a person can make, which is a cake. And he takes that uh, linen, flax, and he takes that clothing. What's more usable? The raw fibers or the finished clothing? What's more complete, the work of Hashem or the work of a man? And you see, the work of a man completes where Hashem begins. And therefore, when we give a talent on his rivers as well, it's true, Akadosh Baruch creates the human body, we, by giving the child a breast, are completing it. And it's asked the question, but why is it like that? Why wouldn't Hashem provide the complete product? Why is it necessary for a person to perfect and complete what Hashem created? And this is exactly the reason. Because the principle we have in the Torah is, the Eina Mitzvah, Nikrais Ela Hashem Goimah. The one who completes it is considered the one to have done it. And therefore, Kaddish Baruch wants to give us the opportunity to perfect things so that it's considered like we did it. If by giving a child a bris, that perfects the Tzuras Adam, the image of the man, then it's like we made him. Even though we just added the very last, final touch. And similarly, if Hashem wanted the ground to produce clothing, to produce ready-made cakes, it would. Not only that, it will. We already saw that. The Gemara we quote it says, as I said, lovely, the trees of Eretz Yisrael will bear pot gluskois to play millis, which means cakes and linen clothing. So yes, they'll provide the finished product. And if today it's not like that, it's because Hashem wants us to be involved in completing the product. And that's the case of sending a child to the Besam English. Of course, HaKadosh Baruch could bring the Besam English down from Shemaim in its finished form, in its perfect state. But he's not going to do that. He's going to bring down the Besam English and rely on us human beings, us people, to provide the finishing touches. Why? Because then it's like we did it. By being it, by perfecting it, then it's as if we were the ones to have brought the Besam English. So that's the second point. The Gemara talks about that incredibly big diamonds which will be used for Shari Yerushalayim. It says in the future, Rabbi Yechon says in the Gemara, and yes, the Gemara talks about the Talmud who laughed at him, and he was shown these big diamonds. Does that mean something natural? That they're there in the world somewhere under the water, we will find the mine and we'll be able to hew them from the rock and carry them to Yerushalayim? Or is it something miraculous which will happen at the time? Here also we don't know. Many other nevels as well are talking about events. The lamb will lie down with the lion. Does that mean literally that the eating habits of the carnivores are going to change? Or is that referring to something metaphorical? But the nature of the world is not going to be different. This is the same achlekes between Rav and Shmuel of how the world is going to run after Mashiach comes. And as Rav and Paskins, we know what's going to happen. How it's going to happen, we only know when it happens. Which, which way is there going to be Kibbutz Goliath, for example? When it happens, we'll know. But we know it's going to happen. 
And there's one more event which is going to happen in the time of Sheikh which I want to talk about. And that is the fact that Hashem is going to destroy the Satan. This is comes from the Psukim, but this is also um, well explained first in the Gemara and Sukkim and other places. How the Asid Lava Akadish Baruch is going to destroy the Yetzirah, he's going to destroy the Satan. What does that mean? That people will no longer have the inclination to do things wrong? Yes. That there won't be a Malachamavis? The Gemara asks the question, will people still die when Mashiach comes? And the Gemara brings a theory about this because of two different psukim. The wine passes says, which means a person who dies at 100 years old will be called a Nair. So people will live a much longer life, but it seems they will still die. And the other passage says, and Hashem will destroy death forever. This also seems like a theory. The Gemara answers, which means the non-Jews who are alive at the time are there to serve as Klai Yisrael, will live long lives, but they'll die eventually. Whereas when it comes to Jewish people, the Malach HaMovis won't be active at all. Which means that even if Hashem destroys the Ra, the Malach HaMovis isn't completely destroyed. Maybe he won't have power, he won't have dominion over the Jews, but he'll still be active. And therefore, what does it mean that Hashem is going to destroy the Ra? We know there are three parts to Ra. Really, they brought in the Apostle. The Apostle describing this event of Hashem's future destruction of the forces of evil in the world mentioned three things. On that day, Hashem will, so to speak, come to war and he'll use his powerful, his mighty sword against Hashem will unsheath his sword against the Livyason, the straight snake, the Livyason, the curled snake, which is curled in itself, and he'll kill the Tanin in the sea. He's referring to three different dimensions, three different concepts of Ra, and all of them will be destroyed in the future. And we know that there are three levels of Ra. The Gemara tells us in Baba Basra, Whether he's coming in the guise of the of the Yetzirah who comes to mislead people, or he's coming in the guise of the Satan who comes to prosecute people, to denounce them in Shemaim, or he's coming with the, in the form of the Yetzirah, of the Malachamavis, he's coming to kill. It's all one, so to speak, progression in the world of Ra, in the world of evil. But there are three different kochos he has. The ability to seduce people, the ability to prosecute people, to be stronger than them, and then the manachamavis, the one who comes to kill them, to take away from people. And that, that's the kochos of the Ra, which Hashem will destroy the Asid Lava. There won't be any more the ability to seduce people. That's what refer, now is not the time to discuss it in detail, but that's what we refer to when we talk about the coiled snake. There will no longer be the ability to be strong, like as a koch of rat, which is stronger than people, as we refer to as a straight snake, or in the terms of the, in terms of the manachamavis. And lastly, the ability to denounce people in Shemaim, the Satan, 
That won't be there either. Those are the three levels of the Koyach which will all be destroyed in the Asli Davar. The Gemara talks about the way the Klaishal will react to the destruction of the Satan. It says that the Sadiqim will cry and the Rishayim will cry. The Rishayim will cry because they feel that why would we be able to miscaber, to be stronger, to withstand the Yetzirah. The Sadiqim will cry because they thought, when they see the power that the Ra has, they'll be amazed at themselves that they were able to withstand such a powerful force. Now's not the time to explain it, but the Yetzirah has power. And as long as he's in dominion, so he can, so to speak, he can do tremendous damage. But Hashem is going to destroy that. That's one of the elements of what's going to be done in the Asid Lovely. There's a certain amount that we can attack him. There's a certain amount that we can do right, that we can fight against, that we can fix, that we can withstand when it comes to Koyach of Ra. But the full extent of the Ra is beyond the human ability to fix. HaKadosh Baruch has to fix it on his own. Many have tried, and many have failed. It's not within the strength of a person, so to speak, to destroy the Satan. A person can deal with his private Yetzara, a person can try and overcome the challenges Hashem poses to him, but to destroy the Ra in the world is something not only which a person can't do, but the Gemara says in the Bible, even Gabriel Amalek, who is entrusted with a job, will need help from Hashem. He won't be able to do it on his own. Without the Koyach of Ra, so yes, people won't do Averis. Will there still be reward? We spoke about this when we spoke about Erev Shilin. That means that people won't be able to start anymore. But once the person started, they'll be given the ability to continue. And the last point, which we'll discuss in more detail next year, Be'ez Hashem, what we know about the time of Mashiach, is that at some stage there'll be Tchir Samesim. It doesn't seem from the Mephoshim it's going to be simultaneous with the coming Mashiach. It seems like it'll be a later stage. A later stage when there will be Tchir Samesim, but not for everybody. Is only for those people who deserve it. Those people who deserve the bonus level which Mashiach is, as I've explained previously, it's the opportunity to do mitzvahs for those who never had that opportunity. The opportunity to bring Kabbalahs to the Vatara to serve Hashem, which people who lived and died in the goddess never had. And therefore, for those people who weren't Zoichat to live in the times of Mashiach, they have to be, be, be brought back in order to experience that opportunity. That's the Tchir Samesim which will happen during the era of Mashiach. During the era of Mashiach. The Gemara again wants to know is it going to be a more, how much Nisim is it going to be involved? Will people be brought back to life with their clothing, without their clothing? Will people be brought back the way they died or will they be given their full health and faculties back again? If people died sick or injured, in what way will they be brought back? And the Gemara discusses these points. We don't know until it happens. But it will happen. That's what the Gemara says. If a person is mis'abel Yerushalayim, if a person mourns Yerushalayim, he's someone who will be zeicher to see its rebuilding. Which means if a person's missing Yerushalayim, he's missing the opportunities that there were, which means he's doing what he can do. He'll be given the opportunity to do more in the future. But the person has no connection to that. And therefore, even what the opportunities he has now he's not doing, he definitely doesn't, doesn't have the right to claim the bonus, so to speak, level. The extra opportunity that Mashiach will provide. That's what we call the first Tchis which will take place in the time of Mashiach. Now here again, there's a question. Post Tchis will all people be on the same level? 
Will it be that we'll live in the same streets as Moshe of Aaron? Will be able to converse and interact freely with Gedolim of previous Torahs? Or no? Will there be some kind of system in the, in the future also where people are on different levels or in different areas? The Gemara says that Yishlaim Rasid Lava is built on 300 levels. Does that mean there'll be different darkest, different generations? The Ashur Meir Shapira, when he became the rabbi of the city of Lublin, Lublin was a major terrorist center in central Poland, and over the years there have been many great Gedolim who had been the rabbi of Lublin. So the Ashur Meir Shapira, when Mashiach comes and Tzchias amazes him, who is going to be the rabbi of Lublin? And the Meir Shapira answered, and he's 100% right, he said, each Rav of Lublin will be the Rav of his Dar. If each Dar will come back, each generation will come back, and each generation each generation will have its Rav. Does that mean there will be some kind of communication, interaction between them or not? Here again. It could be yes, it could be no. The Makar is both ways, it's something we'll know when Mashiach comes.